Howdy, everybody out there. Thanks for tuning in for Big Beefing. I'm happy to announce we are starting Season 5. This season will start off with a bonus episode that I'm about to get into right now. Before I do it, I'd like to just give a shout-out to my co-hosts. You can check out JP's show at JP's What? With an exclamation point and a question mark. JP's What? You can also check out Aaron's at Southeast Third. Uh, He's always ad-free. And then you can check out Daniel's podcast at SCP Foundation. Check all those out. And, um, yeah. So, Season 5, Big Beef, and I'm going to go start with another story. Once again, we're going to hop on our time machine. We're going to go back to 2004, 2005, around that area. Back when I was still working at Walmart. This is another Walmartian story. And I want to tell you about a gentleman that I met there who was quite an interesting fellow. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say his full name because he's not on social media, so I highly doubt he'll ever hear this. Uh, I could probably locate him through a background search if I wanted to because, according to his story, there would be a history there. But I, I, don't, I don't even know if the guy's around anymore. His name was Michael Tessimer. And Michael came. I came to know Michael when I was working at Walmart. At the time, I was going to college uh, part-time, or going to college full-time, working part-time down in Corsicana. And I met Michael working at the Walmart store. He was in the sporting goods department, where at that time they sold firearms, hunting permits, uh, fishing licenses, the whole nine yards. You could get it all right there at Walmart, bait, everything. It was basically that Walmart before all the big hunting goods stores popped up that's where you could go to find your hunting supplies if you wanted to i mean they sold they sold firearms there shotguns rifles the whole the whole business i met michael working there i'd I'd been there for a little bit and i was kind of you know one of the guys that had been to walmart that kind of shot the shit with everybody kind of knew everyone talked to him in the break room won't say that i was super popular but everybody knew who i was i mean you just you just get to know people when you're working with them and i was always kind of loud and Talking, telling stories and talking shit in the break room. So people got to know me. Michael was an interesting guy because he wasn't like all the other people that you're working at Walmart. Usually the folks that are working at Walmart, they're just trying to find something to get by or like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, this is my launching pad. I'm going somewhere else. You, you'll have your career guys. It's like, oh, I started working here a long time ago and I've just always been here. And, and there's people that make a living off Walmart and that's just fine. But most of it's just kids just looking for something in between. Michael was a little bit older. And we were talking one day in the break room and just, you know, introducing himself. And I was like, yeah, you know, Michael, you know, where are you from, man? Where's your background? Michael was uh, probably about 5'6", five, 5'5". Five, five. He was a little guy, but, like, tightly muscled. He was, he was really ripped. He's in good shape. Um, and he had this curly blonde hair, and he was older. So you start to think, of, well, you know, usually, <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything bad, but most of the people, if you just walk into an average Walmart and look at the staff, most of them aren't in very good shape. Like, most people, and I'm not saying anything bad it's just you don't see many people that are that into physical fitness working anymore maybe some of the women but by and large if you just take a look at walmart there's a reason why they call them walmartians michael was a little bit different he was uh, like i said tightly muscled and looked like he and he did work out i, I found that out later but um so yeah we were uh, we were just talking getting to know each other and you know, we started working on projects together because my department was right next door to his. The toy department's right next to sporting goods. And most, most Walmarts are laid out that way because the f- sporting equipment crosses over to the toys. So it kind of makes sense if you go from baby toys to older kids' toys to collectors to 
to bicycles, then you transition into baseball and football equipment, then you get into fishing, and then you get into hunting. And then it goes into camping, and then camping transitions into hardware. So you go from like tents and spikes to, you know, nails and screwdrivers. So it kind of all flows together if if you think about it big picture-wise. Anyways... At the time, um, I was I was trying to get promoted. I'd been in the toy department for a while, and I was looking at getting into sporting goods, and they knew I was, so they would pair me and Michael up on projects, getting me ready to jump into that role. So it was quite often that me and Michael would be teaming up, doing projects together. And what we really got to hit it off is when I was going to the YMCA lifting weights at the time, and you know I had a membership, and I, I saw him one day when I was going in there lifting. He was like, hey, what's up, man? And he was talking. I was like, oh, you know, I, I hit the weights a little bit. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't know you were into that. Because, you know, he's, he saw what he saw at Walmart, too. He's like, none of these fuckers are in shape. But he saw somebody, you know, a younger guy that was going to work out. And he took interest. And that's when I found out that Michael had been a teacher. And to me, it was kind of weird. Because, like, well, how do you go from a teacher to working here full time? Like, maybe if it's your part time job. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, you're doing this part time. He comes back and he's like, no, man, this is, this is what I do full time. So, so what happened? And he tells me that he was working as a teacher and he was a math teacher and he was really good at it. So he loves math. And he was, and, you, and I know he was legitimate about this because he would say, he's like, yeah, man, uh, I'm pretty good at math, but like kids from India and like from mainland Asia, they are like way above me. They're so far beyond me. Like they just get it naturally. And he's like, I have to struggle to do this, but the Asian kids like just get it and you always kind of hear like that's a stereotype but and it's not that they got some inherent knowledge to do math it's just it's taught differently over there and it's taught early and they really focus heavily on getting your mathematics down as their primary education whereas here boy math is tough like we you know you have to be hard on kids to, to drummer it into them and it's that's just not our lifestyle we don't do anything too rigorous when we're, when we're talking about kids but over there in those parts of the world, yeah. I mean, that's that's how it is. And if you don't get in line, they're going to take out a big old switch and hit you over the hands with it and be like, hey, you need to memorize this. And not all kids do, but a lot of them get the basics down. And the ones that do get the basics and then come over here, well, they excel at it because they're just so far ahead of the game. And that's what Michael was telling me. So I was like, okay, so he was a math teacher. So then the question is, well, why are you here? And this all didn't come out at once. This is just over a period of kept talking and getting to know the guy. He got on my ass one time because I ate a – I'd never had cheesecake before. I'd never had it. And I was in a position where I could just go buy a cheesecake. So sometimes for lunch, all I would have was a cheesecake bar. And people in the break room were like, Shane, is that, is that what you're having for lunch? And I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm eating. And like, you're not going to get any food like some chicken or something? I was like, no, I just want this cheesecake bar. And Michael was like, yeah, you know, I, I like eating stuff like that too, like cheesecake. And I was like, yeah, man, I love it. So I just ate that whole cheesecake bar and didn't offer to share it with nobody. And anyways... So we're talking, and he said that the reason why he was teaching there or why he was working there is because during the summer, he had gotten a job part-time working at a construction site. Now, I knew at the time it was oft, it was common for teachers to go get a part-time job during the summer because, you know, they've got a summer break and they need a way to bring in cash or just keep himself busy. He said that he got into a fight with a guy at the construction site, and Michael's initial point of view was that he was being attacked, but... I guess Michael ramped it up a notch and went after the guy with a, uh, a tool that was there on the site and ended up hurting the guy pretty bad and got charged with a felony. And Michael said, you know, it, it was deferred, which I now know that means he must have got put on probation, which is why I'm pretty sure I could find him if I, if I wanted to look. But he, uh, yeah, he said he got put on probation and, or that he got deferred and that, you know, it was all 
washed under the bridge, but the school decided they wanted to cut ties with him because they didn't want somebody like that. But he was like, it was self-defense, and he was kind of like, you know, it just it didn't make any sense. They just blew it out of proportion. You know, I'm just acting in self-defense. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's kind of my first red flag that something's not right here. Like most people, you know, it, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen to. Well, one day, I'm sitting in the toy department goofing off like I normally do because it's it's a pretty cakewalk job. And I look over at him, and there's a manager, and her name's Julie, and she's talking to him. And they're looking at his register, and I can see him putting his hands up in the air and shrugging his shoulders and and looking at a receipt and looking at her, and she's looking at him, and then she just walks off. So I'll go over to Michael, and I'm like, what's up, Mike? What's, what's going on, man? He's like, oh, this, this just doesn't make any sense. And I was like, what happened? And he's like, well, they're, they're saying I, sh- I shorted my register, but I'm looking at the receipt, and it, it's tracking, and I, and I think I can find the error. And he's like, I, I think I accidentally pushed the wrong button when I was doing the process, when I was doing the computation. So basically what happens when you're running a register at the end of your shift, you get so much money and they match the money at your end of the shift with what your transactions in the computer were. So that's all kind of matched up. And I guess his was off by enough to where it caught the manager's attention. I I think if you're like by less than a dollar, that kind of, you have to write it down, but it's not something they'll talk to you about. But if it's like $5 or more, it's like, okay, what happened? Where where did this money go? What what's going on there? Because it, it's happened to me before too, where you just you did a transaction or you're just trying to get the line stacking up. And you got to get these fuckers out there. For some reason, the damn machine's not working, and you're punching something through and it's waiting. It's taking forever, so you're just like, "Fuck it, let's just go." Like, All right, I'll do this and I'll fix it later. All right. So he's looking at the receipt and he finally figures out what happened. He's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go talk to her about this." And I'm like, "Okay, well I'll go with you, man." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, come with me." So we go back to the back office. And it's a little hallway. And this building hadn't been around very long. But the Walmart, they had just built it a, a couple of years prior, so it wasn't that old. We go back there, and there's a lot of, like, uh, in the door frames, they weren't real, they weren't sealed, so it's just exposed wood. And he's talking to her. And I'm just standing on the outside. She doesn't even know that I'm there. He, he's just talking to her, and I'm standing outside. And she, they're talking back and forth about the thing. And he says, yeah, okay, well, you know, I, I think I see the error. It's just a little mistake here, but I, I you know, it, it's, it all evens out if you, if you do the math right. And she's like, okay, well, it was still short. So you need to keep an eye on that going forward. And he just looks at her and he just grits his teeth. And he's like, just, just shaking, just furious. And I see this look in his eyes like, hmm, he doesn't look very well. And he says, you know, just because you're a manager, doesn't mean you're the smartest person in the room. You know, I know all this stuff about math. You just can't talk to people like that. I'm not stupid. I'm not a fucking idiot. And he turns around and walks off. And I'd never heard anybody talk to a manager that way before. And as he's walking, he turns to the exposed wood in the doorframe and he just punches it with his fist four times. Just boom, 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 boom. And like puts a big old knot in the wood and his hand's starting to bleed around his knuckles because he's punching the damn wood so hard. And then he just walks off. And I witnessed the whole fucking thing go down. And so I walked back to his area and I was like, hey, man, looks like that that was pretty rough. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, it's no big deal. They just, they just don't take things seriously. All right. So that, that kind of gives you an idea of where Michael's at. A few weeks go by and we're, we're pulling pranks. We're having fun. You know, we're cutting up. One day Michael comes over and he's loading a shotgun into the into the shelf. And then every time you do it, it's like a secured thing. When you're moving the guns around, you got to have somebody walking in, all that stuff. You can't do it by yourself. you got to have all the paperwork present. So there's chain of custody on the firearm. And he loads it up and he says, you know, Shane, I'm pretty much in control of these firearms. And I was like, yeah, 
yeah, that, that seems about right. He's like, I mean, there's all these procedures in place, but nobody's really watching me. And I was like, yeah, no, you're true. And he's like, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to just take one of these firearms and just walk out of here. They wouldn't really know. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, eventually they would track it down, and there's probably cameras. Eventually they would find it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But it wouldn't be that hard to control the cameras. And I'm like, well, no. I mean, they only work certain times a day, but wouldn't be a good good thing to have because they kind of know you have access. And I'd heard about people stealing from Walmart before. It's pretty easy to track. And he's like, yeah, 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 you're right. It's just, just something I was thinking of. So now I'm starting to get worried about the guy because he's talking about getting a firearm. And, you know, this is this is post-Columbine, so, you know, active shooters are still a thing. And he, uh, a couple days go by, and he says, we're sitting up, we went up to McDonald's to get an ice cream cone, and we're eating an ice cream cone, and we're looking out the door, and the armored truck pulls up to get the cash from the cash office. And at that time, you know, credit transactions were happening, but it's not like it was now, so you still had a substantial amount of cash flowing through that store every day. And he says, yeah, you know, Shane, uh, those armored cars, it's like one guy, and he's... The armor's not really fitting him very good, and he's he's hauling ass, not really paying attention, you know? kind of looks like he's staring off into space. It's like, you know, I wonder how hard it would be to just, just uh, you know, get one of those firearms, and if you had somebody looking out for you, you could take the money from the guy, somebody could pull up and just get that money and go. And I'm thinking, so I'm indulging him at this point because I'm thinking it's just a fantasy. It's like, well, here's, here's how you'd want to do it. You need to have a distraction. You need to, you know, have your face covered and... He's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, all that would work. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just fucking around. And then the next day, his shift, he's like, hey, you remember what we were talking about yesterday? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. And I'm like, no, no, we, Michael, we, we were just kidding around. Man, we're just bullshitting, right? Like, you, you don't mean it's like, no, I think I'm tired of this. So I could probably get 20 grand and they they won't find me. They'll never know. Like, nobody's going to know what I'm doing. He's like, you, you should help me. You want to help me? You could be my lookout guy. And I was like, Michael, I, you know, I, I'm just goofing around, man. I, I don't really want to do it. He's like, no, come on, man. Come on, man. Let, let's do it. And I was like, all right. All right. I'll help you. Let's, let's plan it out. So then he calls his girlfriend and he tells her, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it, honey. It's happening tonight. And I got somebody to help me. And here, you can talk to him. And he gives me the phone and I hear this woman online. She's like, oh my God, what is happening? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm here with Michael. And she's like, oh my God, he's not serious, is he? And he was like, yeah, I think he wants to do this. She's like, this can't happen. You, you've got to talk him out of it. Like, no, we can't do this. Like, oh, my God. And she hangs up the phone. And Michael's like, what's she tell you? And he's like, she wasn't too happy about it, man. And Michael's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, you remember what we talked about? Let's let's go ahead and plan it. Like, how would we walk out? And I was like, Michael, like, look, look, man, I, I was just goofing around with you, bro. I'm not really interested. And he's like, oh, oh, you're not? And I was like, no, man, it's, it's not for me. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it could be a solo thing. It could be done myself. And I was like, Michael, come on, man. Like, you, you can't be serious. He's like, yeah. No, you're right. I'm just, I'm just goofing around. Well, th- at this point, I decided to tell somebody. So I told a coworker of mine, Red, Josh, and I told my roommates what was happening. And Josh is like, bro, you know he lives in a van parked in front of the store. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, he lives in a van. He doesn't have a house. He's living in his van. And I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah. I saw him when I was leaving work and he was crawling into his van and he looked like pissed off. And I was like, dude, he may be trying to rob the place tonight. Like there's an armored truck that's going in there at 11. So we'd all been drinking. So we drunk as fuck. We get in Red's car and we haul ass over to the store and we're like, <laughs> I don't know what we're thinking. Like we're going to stop this guy if he's about to do it. Like we're going to stop a robbery. He's walking up with a sh- loaded shotgun to go rob this armored truck. 
So we're checking vans in the parking lot, like, Michael, Michael, Michael. Just fucking knocking on doors, random doors. Um, we did it for about 30 minutes, finally gave up, couldn't find him, found those traces of him. And that day when he said, yeah, I'm tired of this place, that's the last time I saw Michael. I never ran into him again. He, as far as I know, he didn't rob the store. He left. And I don't know what happened to him. So, you know, that's it. That's the Michael Tesmer story. Just a crazy dude who had anger issues that was seriously went from this high-end math teacher who loved his students and talked about how much fun he had teaching math at a big Dallas school to a guy who was seriously getting ready to rob an armored truck at a Walmart. That's how fast it can happen. Michael Tesmer. And for me, who got caught up in the middle of that and was almost party to a uh, first-degree felony, I was able to get away at the last minute. So the moral of this story, if you feel the heat coming around the corner, you better be able to walk away in 30 seconds. 